0: How could it be that in 2021, among the Tonga speakers in Limpopo, South Africa, that a book authored by a man 400 years earlier is so popular? Even in our book groups, among our church people, I think we can say John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress has been the favorite or one of the most favorite books that we've read thus far. Well, it's not only the Tsongas of 2021 who think that, but it is Christian history who has thought that, and we ought to learn about the author of that particular book. But before we look at the life of John Bunyan, let's first turn in our Bibles to Exodus 20, and verse 7 in the previous lecture we looked at the eighth commandment well in this lecture we're going to look at the third commandment and how the life of john bunyan can help us think carefully about it exodus 20 and verse 7 You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. I'd like to give four ways that we can obey this particular command. But before we do that, let's look at the life of John Bunyan. John Bunyan. And I got a letter already from Carson. And maybe there will be a book that comes out one day called Carson Meyer's Letters. A better seller than Samuel Rutherford's Letters. Okay, here we go. John Bunyan. Well, does anyone know what it means to tinker with God's name? To tinker with God's name means to play with it, to fool around with it, to change it around. The Lord's name, in fact, ought never to be played with because God's name is holy, God's name is high. Some of the godliest saints in, Christ, in Christian history, before they were converted, blasphemed God's holy name. They broke Exodus 20 and verse 7. But Jesus, in time, saved them and changed them and gave them new hearts. And we're going to look at one of them this evening in John Bunyan John Bunyan was born in England in 1628, and he did not receive a great education similar to that of Richard Baxter. He received just the basics of reading and writing, which is amazing, since he wrote the most popular book of all time outside of the Bible. We'll get to that in a moment. His father was a tinker. He was a poor Tinker, And that is someone who used a hammer and a forge to repair tools, often uh, kitchen equipment or other kinds of tools. They would fix them, and that's what a tinker did, and he took after his father's profession. When John Bunyan was 15 years old, his mother and sister died. The next year, at 16, he joined the army. On one occasion, while he was in the army, a soldier took Bunyan's place in battle. That man was later shot in the head and killed. And God had spared Bunyan's life. Some of you might be living in sin. Some of you might be ignoring the pressings of the Holy Spirit. God is giving you grace and mercy. He is willing to forgive. He is willing to be patient. God was patient with John Bunyan. At that time, though, Bunyan did not care about his creator. He did not care about God. John Bunyan was wild, John Bunyan was willful, and John Bunyan had a foul mouth. He actually enjoyed taking the name of the Lord in vain. He once said this, from a child, I had few equals for cursing, swearing, lying, and blaspheming the holy name of God you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. John Bunyan's heart was hard and he was far from God. In fact, Bunyan said that he would have given all of his money but for a tear But he could not shed one. That's how cold Bunyan was to truth and to the gospel. But then, at the age of 20, he married a poor girl who brought almost nothing to the marriage except two Christian books. And one of the books was named The Plain Man's Pathway to Heaven. And Bunyan read these books, and that's what started the rays coming into his heart, the light coming into his mind, and he started thinking about salvation, although Bunyan was actually not converted right away. He read the books and he started thinking carefully, and he saw that his his wife was a Christian, and she was pious, and she was holy. so Bunyan started attending church, but as he attended church and he started impressing other people, he knew that it was all a game. he knew his hypocrisy he knew that in his heart. There was not change. There was no change in his life. Others of course quickly thought that he was converted. But the burden of guilt on his back only grew. That burden on his back only grew. And so he thought that That maybe religion could save him, and and maybe if he went to the church enough times, and maybe if he sang in the choir, and maybe if he brought a Bible, maybe those type of religious things could change him. But they didn't change him. In fact, not only did religion not bring him peace, it only brought him more despair. It only made things worse. You know, this is similar to a story in Pilgrim's Progress. When Pilgrim tries to ease his conscience by going to a man named Mr. Legality. And Mr. Legality lived in the town of morality. And John Bunyan, who was so gifted with stories, told that story to say that religion doesn't save. And there was a very personal point of that story. Because he was remembering when he did that before he was converted. He was like millions of others throughout the history of the world who tried to find peace and salvation with Mr. Legality. With keeping the law with being moral, even though it cannot save. One day, Nathan and Carson, this is a great story. One day, as he walked down the street in despair, thinking about his own soul, thinking about his hypocrisy and the lostness, Of his own heart. He heard a group of women. Talking. About spiritual things. And he describes the story in his autobiography. That he wrote about his conversion. It's not as popular as Pilgrim's Progress. But it is a classic And it's called Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners. It covers a portion of his life, primarily how he came to Christ. And he wrote this in Grace Abounding. He said, quote, I came where there were three or four poor women sitting at a door in the sun. And talking about the things of God. And I drew near to hear what they said. For I was now a brisk talker also myself in the matters of religion. Reminds me of talkative in Pilgrim's Progress. But now I may say I heard but understood not. For they were far above And out of my reach. Four uneducated women. And he said, I couldn't understand what they were talking about. Their talk was about a new birth. The work of God in their hearts. As also how they were convinced of their miserable state. By nature, they talked about how God had visited their souls with his love in the Lord Jesus Christ. Bunyan heard those women talking. And he was struck in his heart with conviction. That conversation that Bunyan overheard God used, like so many of these others, how many do, of examples do we have of these men? A pastor comes to live in someone's house. Someone's walking down the beach and an old man gives him the gospel, he's converted. How many times does this happened? Bunyan knew when he heard those women speaking that he was not a Christian. And he was ashamed that these uneducated women knew far more about the gospel than he did. But the ray of truth was now beginning to grow in his heart. The church in Bedford began to show him the way. The pastor there had a great influence in his life. And soon he saw the perfect righteousness one needs to enter heaven. And that it only comes through Jesus Christ. Bunyan believed and his chains of sin fell off. Well, Bunyan joins the church at Bedford. He's a Christian now. He's 26 years old, and very early on, he discovers that he has an incredible gift, and it is the gift of preaching. Hundreds and then thousands come to hear the tinker turn preacher. He was the most articulate, imaginative, and persuasive preacher of his time. Sometimes, just after sunrise, over a thousand people would gather to hear him preaching. On one occasion, the king asked the highly educated John Owen why he would listen to such a lowly preacher. Owen said, I would willingly exchange all of my learning for the tinker's power of touching men's hearts. Bunyan's life was full of trials. He had four children and his oldest child's name was Mary. And Mary was blind. It is very touching hearing him talk about his daughter. He had a very special affection for her. Later on, when his daughter dies, he told his wife these words about his dead, beloved daughter. He said, Blind, did I say? Why, her eyes are open now as she sees the king and the glory of the home above. His wife died after 10 years of marriage. A year later, he remarried a godly woman. But remember, John Bunyan not only lived in, in hard times physically, That children died so young, but he lived in very dangerous times because on the throne was a king named Charles II. Charles II came to the throne when Bunyan was 32 years old and now he's starting to hit his stride as a preacher. And the king made it illegal for nonconformists, that is, those who were not willing to follow all of the government rules within the church, they were called nonconformists. And for those who were nonconformists, they could not preach without the government's approval. They said that the prayer book had to be used. Because they could not imagine how someone could simply use the words of Scripture and pray from the movings within someone's own heart. They had to use nice and neat words from a prayer book. Which is what unbelievers have to use to pray. And soon, unsurprisingly, over 2,000 Puritan pastors were removed from their churches. John Bunyan was arrested and imprisoned because he refused to stop preaching. One year after his second marriage with little children at home, he was imprisoned. It broke his heart to be separated from his Baptist congregation and from his family. He said, being apart from his wife and children, and especially his blind daughter, Mary, was like ripping the flesh from his bones. You know, sometimes we read these books about Fox's Book of Martyrs and and these great men in the past, and we tend to think they were just kind of these calloused animals that somehow they could endure these things. I mean, why else would they do that? You know, they were just, they were giants spiritually, but they were real men. That's an apt picture. Can you relate with that? Like like the flesh being ripped from my bones. How often do I tell my wife, if I have nightmares, it's always about something happening to my children. That is the love that a parent has for his children. And yet these men, by the thousands, are saying, I will go to jail and be without my family for the sake of this book and the gospel. The law told him he was free to go whenever he pleased. So long as he stopped preaching. But Bunyan refused. And he said that moss would grow on his eyebrows before agreeing to stop preaching. I like that spunk. He didn't just say, I'm not going to stop. He said, I'm never going to stop. And he used, again, the metaphors that made him so popular. His wife raised the children alone while Bunyan wrote and made shoelaces in prison to support the family. He said his time in the damp prison was when he grew most as a Christian because he read the Bible over and over and over again. While in jail, his library was three books. Can you guess what they were? The Bible. The Bible? Dictionary. His Concordance. And Fox's Book of Martyrs. (laughs) Upon his release, 12 years later, the Church of Bedford is ready for him. They haven't forgotten about their pastor. Sometimes he would preach to people through his. Jail window. That's how popular he was. And the the church in Bedford had bought a barn where Bunyan pastored and preached for the next 16 years of his life until he died at age 60. Being a Christian was still dangerous, and churches did all kinds of things to not unnecessarily put themselves in danger. They would put watchmen at the doors. At times they gathered at midnight. Sometimes they put off singing. Sometimes the pastors would enter the church through secret doors. Even in Bunyan's later years, droves came to hear him preach. There's a particular man named Charles Doe. He was a, he was a comb maker. It just makes sense that a comb maker and Tinker would be together. He actually became the publisher of several of Bunyan's books after Bunyan had died. And Charles Doe describes the scene and describes Bunyan's popularity. He said, If there were but one day's notice given, as many as 1,200 people would attend a morning lecture At the early hour of seven, on a working day, in the dark of winter, (laughs) 1,200 people, Bunyan's greatest gift to the church was without a doubt his pen. He wrote over 40 books, including The Holy War and The Life and Death of Mr. Badman we could speak for hours to summarize these classic books. But I thought I would just give a sentence of summary of some of the books that are not as well known. He wrote a book called The Greatness of the Soul. And in this book, he compared the difficulty of following Jesus to sailing a boat during a storm. He wrote, He that will not enter danger and is afraid of drowning shall not set his foot in the boat. He wrote another book called Come and Welcome to Jesus Christ. And in this book, he compared the Christian life to a man trying to race a stubborn horse. And he said a Christian needs to kick He needs to use his spurs for the lazy horse, which which is a picture of our sinful flesh that doesn't want to obey. He's always using pictures like that. That's why he was such an amazing preacher and amazing writer. While he was in prison a second time, Bunyan wrote his most famous work called The Pilgrim's Progress which is an allegory about a Christian's journey to the Celestial City. This masterpiece is the highest-selling book of all time, besides the Bible. Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, read it every year. George Whitfield said, "...it smelled of the prison." Bunyan was a master at using characters. you remember some of those characters? Evangelist, Giant Despair, Mr. Fearing, Faithful, Talkative, and Mr. Worldly Wise Man. And all of these characters were used to teach truths about the scripture. It has been translated into over 200 languages. And it was written by a poor tinker. The one that once cursed God's name and yet later became a champion for truth. Now, let's go to our scripture text. Exodus 20 and verse 7. And I'm going to do my very, very poor attempt copy the Westminster assembly and that is to pull out four applications of the third commandment this was the one that Bunyan broke so callously and what God saved him from the third of the ten commandments forbids us from misusing the Lord's name and those that do will not go unpunished the Bible says So we ought to be careful not to blaspheme God's name. And let me give you four ways. Let me give you four ways that we should be careful not to blaspheme God's name. And specifically this particular verse. First, don't use God's name for easy promises. It's like the person who says, let the... Lord, strike me down dead if I don't return this soccer ball that I'm borrowing from you. That's the breaking of the third commandment. Don't use God's name tritely to somehow strengthen your weak promises. Oh, I swear to God, I will be there on time. Our word alone should be enough for others to believe us. James 5.12, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Second, don't use God's name disrespectfully. Today, many people use the name of Jesus or Christ or God as ways to show anger or surprise. Don't do this. Isaiah 6.3 says the name of God is holy. It's holy, holy, holy. Third, don't break your vows. If you use God's name to make a serious promise, such as in a court or at a wedding, then you need to keep your word. Leviticus 19.12. And then finally, don't use... Filthy or disrespectful speech. Ephesians five four. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. Oh, what a testament to the Lord Jesus Christ that he could take a man like this. John Bunyan to write the greatest book of all time. He previously was a blasphemer, but he learned how to honor God's name.